Hey Shoujo fans, and welcome to episode 17 of Shoujo Sunday. Today, we are going to be reviewing episodes 10 and 11 of Kagaki Shoujo. Let's dig in. Last week, we left off with Kagaki Shoujo's version of the Twins Fight episode from Oran High School Host Club, where we learned about Chika and Chiaki's past, how Chika had gotten into Koka before, but she rejected her offer and waited for Chiaki to get in as well. The superiors arrived at Koka and helped them prep for the school sports festival, and it turned out that one of the girls who was supposed to be running the relay for the summer troupe wasn't able to do so, and the superiors elected Sarasa to run in her place. And that is where we left off with that cliffhanger, which brings us into episode 10, titled A Once in a Century Autumn. Here is our soft serve summary. Sarasa was picked to run the relay by the superiors, which upset the other Coca girls, particularly the second years. It was a centennial, so the superiors picked someone from the hundredth class to honor the occasion. Hijiri starts to chip away at Sarasa's confidence and psyche by putting pressure on her about the relay race. She tells her not to outshine the top stars and to try not to stand out, going so far as to tell her to not try too hard or at all, so she should become nothingness. I notices that Sarasa had taken those words quite literally. I give Sarasa the advice, you have to consider what the audience wants to see and be conscious of that when you're up on stage. In this case, the relay race. The day of the festival arrived quickly, and Sarasa was going to be running for the summer troupe. The sports festival only happens every 10 years, so it's a big occasion. Hijiri tells Sarasa that her choreography in the opening ceremony was sloppy. Then, she takes a jab at her grades, saying how they aren't the best. Risa, Sarasa's second-year advisor, takes Hijiri aside and tells her not to be so hard on her. Hijiri admits that she's jealous of Sarasa for all of her opportunities and for being friends with Ai, aka Nanachi of JPX. She's working through that jealousy by being mean to her. The superior student team plays the school song on a chorus of recorders at halftime. Sarasa was so nervous that she didn't even play her recorder. All of the toxicity from Hajiri really got into her head, and she starts to break down. Sarasa says she can play a role in front of a crowd, but struggles to be herself in front of one. Risa talks to her in private and gives her a stern pep talk, saying that she will play Lady Oscar someday and not to give up. Say, the Winter Troop top star, appears, telling Sarasa to play the role of the girl chosen to run the relay race if just being herself is too hard. They're all playing roles always, even off stage. Say also delivers a big bouquet of red roses to Sarasa, saying they're from, You're fan of the red rose. Sarasa runs back to the festival, feeling better now. She chats with her classmates, and she struggles with what playing the role of herself means. Ai suggests playing the ideal version of herself, 
And Sarasa says that would be with double Ds, which leads to some funny conversation. And then it was time for the relay race. During the race, Say accidentally knocks Sarasa over, and they both fall to the ground. Sarasa is clueless on how to handle it, but recalls Ai's advice about doing what the audience would want to see, and waits for Say to help her up off the ground to continue, and they run hand in hand. In the end, the Autumn Troop ends up winning the relay. The sports festival was won overall by the Spring Troop. And that is our soft serve summary for episode 10. So, Chica, what do you have for a theme idea? I said, don't let nervousness hinder you from accomplishing your dream. Oh, I like that. That's really nice. I put, don't allow anyone to bring you down when you have every reason to be confident. Oh, that's also good. Yeah, I feel like we're like two sides of the same coin here. I think we were on the right track. Yeah. Do you have any sprinkles on top? No, I don't have any for this episode, guys. Sorry. (laughs) I have what is possibly my favorite sprinkle on top, and it's mostly a joke, but I really just, I thought the thought, and I wanted to include it. (laughs) So... (laughs) Sarasa and her double Ds. (laughs) (laughs) So she says how, Sarasa says how double D Sarasa would never give up. And it just made me think of like puffing out your chest or stealing yourself. Right. (laughs) So double Ds. (laughs) About die. Favorite sprinkle on top of all time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I died when she I was like, you were kidding me. This is on my screen. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, out of all of the things. Right. Like, <laughs> Honestly, that's a perfect transition into Floats Your Boat. I know that's later in the episode, but that's hilarious that that was her ideal self because she wants to fill out an anime battle suit. She's like, that's who Double D Sarasa is. Her boobs inspire her not to give up. I Incredible. <laughs> I'm just like, girl. And so then I just, I could not, I could not get over it. She was standing at the starting line for the relay race, squeezing her chest together subtly with her arms. Squeezing them together. And I I literally, I was just like crying laughing because. Me too. Okay, well, if she's pretending that she has bigger boobs, then she does know that if you have bigger boobs, it's actually harder to run, right? She did mention that it would be harder to run in her little spiel about wanting the double Ds, but she didn't seem to care much about that. It was hilarious, and it's like, it kept persisting, and I love how when they were animating it, <laughs> they, like, panned to Ai's face. <laughs> I was so over it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was just hilarious, and, like, the whole class was just like, oh, she looks normal. Wait, she's squeezing her chest. <laughs> Right, they all noticed she was doing it. Yeah, oh my gosh, that shit, I was just dying, y'all. Yeah, also for how serious this show has been, to have something this lighthearted, especially after she's had like a real encounter with deep anxiety, just boob jokes. It was really out of left field, but I loved it, honestly. Yeah, I loved it too. And you know what? It would have been really funny if this is like a tangent, low-key. But you know, sometimes people, if you have big enough boobs, you can like put stuff under there. I've seen (laughs) videos of people just like, oh, here's the skillet. Oh, I can hold up the skillet with my boob. I gotta say, I've never tried that, but I'm officially curious. Right, like, I don't. 
There always has to be a skillet. Sometimes <laughs> I've seen it done with Tupperware. Like people really hold it up. Tupperware. And so I'm just what like. What a world we live in. Right, right. And so I'm just like, okay, like we could really do this. But I thought it was hilarious that they gave us that moment and it was funny. I also like the fact that they even had a relay. I used to do track when I was in high school. Oh, I did okay. relays as well. And so it was just nice. I just was like, oh, it just gave me memories oh. of when I was back in high school. Like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Although that running together stuff, that shit's for show. Okay, oh, you yeah. fall down, you get your ass back up and you start bucking it just to see how much faster you could get. But at the same time, they knew they were putting on a show. Yeah. And they wanted to do what the crowd would want. Yeah. Yeah, so I like that. But we don't mean to go out of order, guys. It's just that it was so hilarious. Yes, yes. Yeah. But my earliest chronologically floats your boat would be I trying to cheer up Sarasa after she was trying to become nothingness. I thought that was a really sweet thing she did for her, just having that talk. Yeah, and you know what? I noticed at that point, I don't know if this happened in an earlier episode, but she took down the divider. Oh my gosh, how did I not notice when that happened? I don't know. I'm thinking because it's like I noticed it this episode. It might have been done earlier, guys. But this episode, I saw it and I was just like, wait, she's just looking at her now. I was like, wow, it's gone. Maybe it was something that happened in, like, those months they don't show. Because we've seen Ai's hair getting longer, slowly but surely. Yeah. So I wonder if it just happened in that time that we didn't get to see. Although I really would have liked to see that happen. And her mindset behind it and her reasoning and, like, Sarasa's reaction. That would have been a really beautiful moment to show us. Right. Honestly, I would have loved it if, you know, because they became good friends. And I feel like, you know... Before they went to Saris's house during summer break, I would have loved to have seen it then at that point of like, we're close friends, we're traveling together, let me take this down. Like, it would have been a really great moment. Yeah, it would have. Definitely a missed opportunity. But maybe they'll do it in a flashback or something. I really would like to see it. Me too. If not, maybe I'll write it. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows, guys? It might happen again. <laughs> oh, gosh. If you want, if you want, please let us know. <laughs> right, right. Tell us. I also, you know what, in another part that I liked in um earlier in the episode is just the animation of I filtering out people staring at her. Oh, yeah, that was cool. So it's like all of these eyes staring at her and it's like moving hearts and it's like this orange stop sign like surrounded her. It reminded me very much of playing Super Smash Brothers and playing as Fox from Star Fox and using his little blue shield thing that pops out just like that. Yeah, because she was just like, but I'm not registered in none of these looks, you know. <laughs> I love little touches like that in anime, so. Me too, me too. I also really loved Risa yes. taking Hajiri aside and essentially calling her a bitch for being mean to Sarasa and trying to get into her head. It was really nice to see her stand up for Sarasa. Yes. Oh my gosh. Because I was over that girl. Mm. I mean, I've barely been over her this entire <laughs> time we've been recapping Kageki Shoujo. But most definitely, like, within this episode, it just, the cattiness... 
is so unnecessary. Yeah, truly. Uh, it's so unnecessary. Actually, it was part of like my hot fudge, to be honest. But like, I really hate the fact that bullying is still a part of the coca process. Yeah, yeah. And I understand like people can be jealous of other people and it's like you see someone get an opportunity and you want that. That's perfectly understandable. I get it. I just don't. I feel like to tell Sarasa that she should be nothing, that she shouldn't stand out, getting in her head that way, all you're doing is jeopardizing the reputation of Coca. If you don't even care about Sarasa, whatever. But Hijiri saying that is just like, okay, well, if she did try not to stand out, if she did try to be nothing as Hijiri was telling her to do, and then she fucked up, then that would look bad on the Centennial class, but then also on Coca. And I just don't understand how somebody can be in this school and be working so hard to be like, okay, I want to be this actress. I want to be part of this troupe. I want to do all of these things, be fully a part of this ecosystem, this society, this theater, and then inherently be doing things that would screw that up or screw the perception of your overall end goal. Like, I just don't, I don't like it at all. Yeah, it honestly sounds like she's just so selfish-minded that she's not thinking about the ensemble at all. And that's part of what being Coca is. You're in a troupe. It's not about you. Yeah. So you have to be able to support your fellow women. And it seems like she's incapable of that. And I think it's really going to come back and bite her if they don't show us now maybe there's like a later season that might come out or maybe the manga continues i would love to see her have some just desserts right i would love to see that too because it's just like you've been talking way too much yeah to just be able to get off on that because it's like all of these nasty moments i don't know what she gets from it but it just seems that all these other people are getting opportunities to show their talent and until we get to see Hijiri's talent or see her showcase why she should be in Coca or why she's in there, then she really should pipe down. Yeah, honestly. And I'm curious because I know going into next week, a large part of it is a show that centers around the second years. So I wonder if we'll get to see any kind of performance from her that might justify this big talk she has. I mean, if we don't see her showcasing her talent, I just would love to see her fall on her face. Yes, yes. Yeah, because she she does too much for me, guys. I'm trying to look this up. I don't know. I thought that there was a second season coming, but I might be lying, y'all. So don't take that shit to heart. Like... <laughs> <laughs> If there is a second season, we'll tweet it out, but yeah, regardless, yeah, so can't wait to see Hajiri get taken down, whether it's in a second season or in the manga. Yeah, for sure. But kind of piggybacking off of my last point, I really loved that little pep talk that Risa gave Sarasa, even if it was kind of tough love. It was just really nice to hear her believe in her and encouraging her, even going so far as to say, you'll play Lady Oscar someday, with such certainty. Yeah, and you know what? Even though we don't get as much of Risa in the anime, I do like the fact that we were able to see her character development in that in the very beginning, she also had that same mindset as Hijiri of like, 
oh, well, you won't be able to do this because you're too tall or you stood under this cherry blossom and stuff. And then once Sarasa talked about how she's not going to let superstition stop her from achieving her dreams, then Risa from then on was just like, I'm not going to stop believing in myself and possibly becoming um, a Masume Yaku. That's the, the girl-only actresses, I believe. Because that was her goal. And because of... I guess either the way she comes off or the way she looks, Hajiri told her that she would be like better suited for like villainous roles. But yeah, and so ever since Sarsa encouraged her from that time, it's like you saw her sort of being reluctant, but then also just dealing with Sarsa. And now it's just like, you know what? I'm going to stand up for you. I'm going to, one, even notice the fact that Hajiri was getting into Sarsa's head to be able to discern that check Hajiri on it and then go to Sarasa and then give her that pep talk that she like needed. I just I love that Risa was there for Sarasa in that way. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. I just have a couple more floats your boat. I don't know how many you have. I have. Oh, yeah. Say. I love say. Okay. First of all, my buy flag came all the way the fuck out. I was just like, okay. Same. Okay. It's not just me. Say is not only amazingly talented and cool, but for sure hot. Right. (laughs) I was just like, okay. I get it. I get it. (laughs) I get the appeal. I would be buying the tickets. Oh. (laughs) She's just, ooh, guys, bro, I'm telling you, shoujo-san gay. Yes. It just all came all the way out, and she was so encouraging. And to add to that, I thought it was hilarious that she thought that Kabuki Man was a fucking weirdo. (laughs) Right. I'm glad that she did, because I have thoughts. I don't like it. I think I already said most of it last week, but I'm going to talk about it again you just wait yeah yeah i thought it was funny that she thought that kabuki man who is sarasa's illegitimate dad i don't remember his other name to tell y'all i'm sorry there's a lot of names here (laughs) me neither he's just gonna be kabuki man forever right kabuki man right so (laughs) gave her the roses and i'm just kind of like how are you even able to get close to say in the first place since she's like a top right a top star but okay yeah i thought it was hilarious and then sarsa didn't even take them (laughs) i loved that she was like okay roses let me just get back to the festival i just love that she left them (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was hilarious. And at first I thought maybe Say was going to have Risa take them. But Say just was like, also is, um, I guess, encouraging to Risa as well for like being so nice. Yeah. Yeah. I also just loved that Say decided to run hand in hand with Sarsa, whether or not it was just part of putting on a show. It was really good sportsmanship. Yeah, I mean, I already said that, you know, real life that wouldn't happen. But yes. For Play Play, I thought it was beautiful because it just shows, like, the togetherness. Mm-hmm. I think it was another reminder that Coca is a troop. It's not, like, an individual type thing. Yeah. Even the runners after them finished the race holding hands, so they kept it going. Yeah. I love that they did that so that it's, like, it's solidarity and it's beautiful. And I also applaud Say for holding Saras's hand because she was really like, she was staring at her weird as hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was on the ground. And I'm just like, girl, why are you staring at Say like that? Like, that's not even in a, oh, Say is so hot. It's just kind of creepy. <laughs> I think 
It took me a second to interpret that, but I think that Sarasa was trying to communicate with Say without using words because all eyes were on them and she didn't want them to see them planning this cute camaraderie show. So Say was able to gather that she was waiting for her to help her up somehow and I loved it. Yeah, I just liked how it all came together. Mm-hmm. And even though the spring troop like won, I think it was just okay, especially because of the fact that Say bumped into Sarasa. So no one could fully blame Sarasa for like falling and then not knowing what to do. Yeah, yeah. So I have one more floats your boat and it's mostly a joke, but I like making these jokes. So I got very blushy when Sarasa told her that her advice got her through the race. And I know this was probably just a cute friendship moment, but also gay. <laughs> right? Right. Right. Okay. Because like when people tell you that sort of, I just saw the gay too. I was just like, come on. Yes. Let's just go. Let's go. Like, <laughs> just let this shit happen, y'all. And I love that she did that. And then I wasn't really sure how, because of the fact that Sarasa like fell and like it didn't pan out the way that they thought, but she was happy it helped her. Yeah. 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 And then I think the last floats your boat that I had was about the superior. So I think her name is Sheena, but child, it was the superior that had like the short brown hair. The one that looked like Haruhi in like 15 years. I'm sorry. I can't stop Oran references. I will never stop. It's okay. It's okay. But yeah, so it was that one. And so Juliet, I think her name was Mariah, guys, in the last episode. But child, there's so many names. So Juliet is what we were calling her last time so she was talking to the superior so sheena's superior whatever and was just like oh well why did you pick sarasa to participate in the relay and one of the things that she dropped which i was just like screaming because oh my gosh sarasa doesn't even like know is that sarasa didn't even realize that the actress that inspired her to want to be Lady Oscar is Superior Sheena. Mm-hmm. And so when Superior <laughs> Sheena was talking to Sarasa about it, and Sarasa was like, oh yeah, I saw Lady Oscar 10 years ago and it changed my life and this, this and that. And she didn't even know, like, she is talking to her idol, the person that even made her want to go into Coca in the first place. Honestly, that confuses me a little bit. I love it. Yeah, but it does confuse me a little bit because as a super fan wouldn't you like learn their name right like i'm wondering like how she watched it and like oh if she was wait if she was five years old 10 years ago probably not yeah so it makes sense this sort of makes sense but it's just kind of like if you decide to go to the school Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you wouldn't do extra research just to be like, who played Oscar? Yeah. That made me want to do it. And this is also something we said, I think, a couple episodes ago about the fact that when it came to Sarsa not even knowing like a special like dance style that was done by the Winter Troop. And we said that, you know, you got into this school and it's more prestigious than Tokyo University. How do you know? not invest and learn not even invest just learn as much as possible about the school you're getting into not even just the school like your idols like I I don't fully get it because obviously I loved Sailor Moon when I was like five 
or six, whatever. I that I was very young when I started watching Sailor Moon, and I knew shit about it. I eventually, once I learned how to research things, it's like I know who the mangaka is. I liked the voice actress. I looked up different seasons, and so her being in Coca now, I wish. I mean, as nice as it was that the superior decided to give Sarasa the opportunity to run because she was so impacted by her performance, I also feel sad in that it's like, why don't you recognize the actress? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like, as the actress, I would honestly maybe be a little offended or confused that she didn't, I don't know, because it seemed like it was such a big deal to her. Like, you don't recognize me? Yeah. Yeah. But I guess with all of that, that's probably a good transition into Banana Split. Do you have any Banana Split points? Yes. So something that I noted at the very beginning of the episode, they're talking about how they decided to choose Sarasa to participate in the relay. And I don't know why it rubbed me the wrong way with this episode in particular, because they've been saying this saying this entire anime, but it rubbed me the wrong way. Then they're just like, oh, we want to try something different. Let's have Sarasa do it. Okay, so you wanted to do something different. So that's how she got into the school. You wanted to do something different. And so then that's why she had whatever other opportunity. Now it's like with this, you want to do something different. And this is before we find out that Sheena was the Oscar that inspired Sarsa in the first place. And I want Sarsa's talents to shine or to be acknowledged. So rather than people saying, oh, we wanted to do something different. Let's pick Sarsa. Then it's like Sarsa is very good at X, Y, and Z. So that's why we're choosing her. It's interesting. I didn't even notice that that was a pattern, but that feels icky. Yeah, because I don't like the thought of rather than thinking of her as a person and these are people that have interacted with her it's like okay in the very beginning of the anime i get it you know you want to do something different have her come in she's so enthusiastic about it but now it's like she's proven herself enough at least in my eyes that i don't want people to just be choosing her just because they want to do something different I want them to see her for who she is and let that be the reasoning behind it. Because how will she ever be able to grow as an actress if instead of her getting the role because, oh, she deserves to have this role, she acted so well, you're just choosing her because she's different. Yeah, yeah. So that was one of my bananas, but I had a second one. Do you have more than one? I just have one and it's not serious at all. Okay. Okay. Okay, so they play their school song on a bunch of recorders, <laughs> and I gotta, t- <laughs> I gotta tell you, <laughs> sorry, I don't know why this is so funny to me. A chorus of recorders sounds like a fucking nightmare, <laughs> right? Like, imagine that reverberating through a theater. I hate that so much. No, I don't care what level of whatever you're at. Forty recorders at once, <laughs> right? trash i i'm losing it over here like it's absolutely awful and i can't imagine and it might haunt me in my dreams tonight i remembered having a recorder when i was in elementary school i have one in the drawer next to me (laughs) and so it's just like and i haven't played it since elementary i don't even know where my thing is so 40 recorders and you're in a stadium can y'all even hear that shit 
Like, oh my gosh. I'm like, also, they're all creative and performers and artistically inclined, right? There's gotta be some musician crossover. Couldn't they have done like a little mini orchestra or something? I'm sure that there was a better choice than recorders. Right. Or like a dance performance. Yeah. Just hire an orchestra or some people to come in that can play the music. And since all of them dance, I would have rather seen that than recorders. (laughs) Recorders. Or if some of them were musicians and some of them weren't, maybe there could be like a choral aspect of it, whatever musicians, and then the rest of them do a dance. That would have been a thousand times cooler. Or them actually singing it. Yeah. Like if they could have sang the anthem, I feel like that would have been more impactful. (laughs) Yeah. Recorders is weird. Yeah. Yeah. It absolutely sent me. But what's your other banana split? Mine was Akia. Okay. Akia Shira's I think that's how that's his last name. So supposedly Saris's boyfriend. Supposedly. Supposedly, they are just friends to me. I literally wrote that out. They are friends. Yeah. Because he was just complaining to her literal dad, like, uh, you are going through my phone again, which a uh, privacy issue. Ugh. But <laughs> Ugh, I, I'm so weirded out by her dad. Ugh. Her dad is like, oh my god, it's just too much, guys. It's too much. Get out of her life. My God. Literally her grandfather checked you and you didn't do shit about it. You didn't fight against the grandfather to be like, no, I want her to know me. I want to have a place in her life. Okay. And so from what we've seen in this anime, Sarsa doesn't even know that Kabuki Man is her dad. Mm. And so just sending her these roses and being like, oh, fan of the red. Ro-. Anyway, I did not mean to go off into the Kabuki Man tangent, guys. I'm sorry. Akia. It's okay. <laughs> it's all hot fudge for me, honestly. <laughs> it's just Akia. It felt as if he was complaining about being there because they had something else to do. And I'm just like, y'all have to be friends because you are a bitch. If your girlfriend is literally participating in this huge event and she's nervous and she has to go run and you aren't even the one to give her fucking flowers it's her weird ass dad oh my god and then you're complaining about how like oh well you have to go back because you have some performance well you didn't have to come bitch you could have just let kabuki man come by himself right right and i had this under hot fudge but it's relevant it's okay if her boyfriend i probably said this last week i can't remember it's all blending together now if he can't do it by himself if he can't keep the relationship afloat on his own he does not deserve to be her partner he does not i just (sighs) he just does it and sarasa deserves so much more in a partner than a reluctant person yes i cannot tell you guys because i have been in that situation before where it's like i was clearly more into the relationship than the other person and this is not to say that Sarsa is in this place because Sarsa is living her own life. That's why I think they're just friends. But it is so painful to be trying and to be trying to be affectionate, trying to plan things with somebody that is so lackluster, that just doesn't give a fuck, that complains all of the time. It is literally a waste of time. If you guys, PSA soapbox, if you guys are in a relationship where you are doing more than the other person, break up with them just leave because if it's not reciprocated don't waste your fucking time period period oh man 
Oh my gosh, are we in Hot Fudge or Banana Split anymore? I don't even know. It merged from Banana Split. It merged? From Banana Split to Hot Fudge. The Hot Fudge came in quick, okay? Yeah, it poured out unexpectedly fast. Yeah. Do you have any more Banana Split stuff or should we stay in Hot Fudge? We can stay in Hot Fudge because the Ikea thing, him being a bystander, that was like Banana Split. And I was like, oh, y'all are just friends. Then Kabuki Man, I didn't even have him down as Hot Fudge. And then I started getting mad. (laughs) I know, it's so easy to get mad. I'm like, is this his way of overcompensating for not being there for her as a father? Weirdly getting his hands in her romantic relationship. I'm just so weirded out by it. Like, I can't stress it enough. I hate it. And you know what? What I especially hate about it is the fact that Kabuki Man is such an ancient father that he doesn't even tell his daughter, I'm your father. That's why I've been trying to be in your life. Yeah. That's why I've been talking to you or whatever like that. He's letting it be ambiguous and it's fucking weird. And outside of it, the fact that he cheated on his own wife with Sarasa's mom, don't know if she's with the Lord or she's doing some job somewhere, but cheated with Sarsa's mom. Sarsa's mom's also not in the picture. And now it's as if he's mentoring her pseudo boyfriend and her boyfriend's also not shit either. And it's just like, okay, you can be not shit all you want. You're a shitty dad. Fine. But wouldn't you want better for your child than somebody that's just like, oh, well, I could just text her at the end of the day. Or, oh, why are we even here? We have a performance later on. Yeah, it's so frustrating, which is another reason why I am rooting with my entire being for this to be a Yuri. Yes, I want Sarasa to just be gay because I don't want her to be with Akia because I can only imagine if they were legitimately dating she already got shit because her father stepped out on his wife and that wife is part of Akia's family. Mm-hmm. If they started dating seriously, she would get the same shit from those same women again. And that's not fucking worth it. Like, screw that. Because why are you punishing her for something that Kabuki Man did? You should punish that man. But instead, y'all let him stay and act in your troop. And on top of that, he was so fucking messy. It's not even as if he cheated with somebody that's, oh, you know, they're in a different part of the country. They're in a different city. He shit where he ate because her grandpa was making the tatami mats for them. And so it's like out of all of the people you could cheat with, you had to do it with somebody that is literally a partner with the troop you're working with. Yeah, it's... I don't like it. (laughs) It's so wild. And I'm just like, listen, like, Kabuki, like, fuck your flowers. She doesn't need the flowers. She doesn't know that you're the one giving, oh, fan of the Red Road. No. No. Screw that. If you want to be a dad, be a fucking dad. Be there. It's not like, oh, this grandpa said something and then you're just coming around for play play. Like, oh, well, what is she saying? And talking about this. If you're that interested in her, build a relationship with her where she's not calling you teacher. She's calling you father. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Do you have any more hot fudge? Nope, that was it. Do you have any ice cream you scream? Mm-mm. Okay, yeah. We already talked about Hajiri, so I'm not going to beat that horse. So I think we can move into episode 11. Okay, cool. Alrighty, guys. Moving on into episode 11, titled 4 out of 40. Here is our soft serve summary. The Coca School Festival is more of a graduation show for the second years to showcase what they've learned during their time at Coca. This year, the first years are going to act out a 15-minute scene from Romeo and Juliet as part of the show. 
Only four out of the forty girls will be chosen to act, so they hold formal auditions. The girls discuss and grapple over who to audition for. Ultimately, Ai decides to audition for Juliet with the coaxing of Hajiri. Sarasa, who ignored Ai's suggestion for her to play Romeo, instead takes Akia's advice to audition for Tybalt. Ai had said that she selfishly wanted to see Sarasa's Romeo. As auditions inch nearer, the girls become tense and a bit competitive with each other. Sugimoto won't even shake Sarasa's hand when she wishes her luck at the audition since they were both going for Tybalt. Sarasa has some trouble rehearsing, and Ai gives her advice to imagine Tybalt's daily routine and deepest thoughts based on the script to help get her into character. The night before auditions, Sarasa tells Ai that she's never hated anyone or held a grudge against anyone. She has a flashback to a time she wished harm on Akia because she was jealous that he was able to continue kabuki lessons when she wasn't. This memory bolsters her relation to the character Tybalt. I wanted something I could never have, and then Romeo took it, she thought to herself. Ai struggles to relate to the role of Juliet and understand what love is supposed to feel like, all the way up until she's standing in front of the judges for the actual audition. As the girl playing Romeo monologues, Ai's mind wanders. Sarasa can see that her thoughts are racing. Love. What is love? She wonders. She thinks she cannot see herself in the role at all. Then, she realizes she can't give up, or she'll never make it to the top and stand beside Sarasa. Suddenly, Ai's mind is flooded with memories of Sarasa, which propel her fully into the role, weeping as she recites Juliet's lines. The episode ends as Ando-sensei calls out the second audition group, including Ayako as Juliet and Sugimoto as Tybalt. And that is our soft serve summary. What you got for theme ideas? Said, find your inner strength and see it through. Oh, that's cute. I like that a lot. I put, seeing the world through the eyes of someone else can open us up to seeing new depths of ourselves. That's deep. Thank you. I felt like a like a real scholar writing that one. <laughs> So, do you have any sprinkles on top? I do not. I do not. Okay, so getting into Floats Your Boat, I'm just gonna say it. I wants to see Sarasa play Romeo selfishly gay. Romeo is all warmth and brightness like the sun, she says. Gay. Gay. <laughs> gay. <laughs> Kaga gay shoujo. Yeah, right, right. Shoujo yes. son gay, guys. <laughs> We've seen the gay. I, I wanted her to play Romeo, honestly. So did I. So did I. But honestly, I didn't hate Akia's advice to her when she was asking how to choose who to play. Right, he was finally useful after so many episodes. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, it's nice to see him have a brain. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. I like the advice that he gave her i feel like it was needed yeah and it was clear that i guess sarasa wanted to be challenged and so that's why she ended up going with tybalt but honestly i feel that she really could have done romeo justice i do too yeah and i would have liked to see it as well yeah a very quick floats your boat that I have is when Sarasa is rehearsing for Tybalt, she's making this really intense facial expression with her eyes, and I points it out, and Sarasa's like, oh, I'm just trying to get into character, and then I mimics the facial expression for a moment to try it out, and instead of, like, 
I just thought it was really funny that she tried the facial expression out, but then she also like gives her real advice, which was nice. Yeah. And you know, I think I just like seeing the girls being able to relax. So we were able to see I doing her skincare routine Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. the girls hanging out in the bath and stuff. And so I just thought it was nice to be able to see how they are in day to day life. Yeah, it was nice to see them kind of hanging out. And I also particularly liked seeing more shots with Sarasa with her hair down. I really like her hair down. So I like when she had it in that one bun. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, yes, something different. Yeah. Yeah. I know it seems like it's hard to tame. So maybe that's why she doesn't want to try and style it down. But the bun was really, really cute, too. Yeah, yeah. So, in the beginning, guys, okay, my bisexual flag was flying, flying, (laughs) okay, because just the last episode, I was like, ooh, say, yes, I see it for you, I'm a fan, Yes. and then this episode, unexpectedly, I think that Ando Sensei is a hot Oh, that took me by surprise. (laughs) Yes, and you know what? And I think it's because, like, we find out, or we found out earlier in a different episode or whatever, that he used to be, like, the Phantom and Phantom of the Opera, Mm -hmm. and that was an experience for me. Like, I think my first musical, not really, like, play, because it was really a movie, but, like, the first musical I ever saw legitimately was Phantom of the Opera. Oh, that's so special. And so Ando Sensei used to play, played him before he got hurt, and I just don't know what it was about this episode, or at least the beginning of it. I was just like, ooh, I see it for him. <laughs> I love this for you. With that cane. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. So I liked how the female teachers warns the male teachers about how they're going to be seeing jealousy amongst the girls. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, you better tell them. Yeah. Yeah. Prep them. Y'all are about <laughs> to reap what you sowed. Yeah. I really liked that during Ai's audition, where her mind is wandering and wandering and wandering, Sarsa from the crowd can tell that Ai's thoughts are racing. Yes, I was so happy that she was able to like discern that about Ai, because everybody else is just like, oh, she looks the same. And it's like, no, that's how you know that they are really close friends. Yeah. Is the fact that she was able to tell like, oh, she's nervous. There's so many things going through her head. Yeah, they've learned how to read each other yeah also that sequence of eyes thoughts transforming and adapting was so beautifully drawn and like as the memories are coming in i really just loved the animation for that whole sequence i thought it was really beautiful yeah i mean i thought it was beautiful as well and like you know i don't know why it's sticking in my head right now but before we got to the actual audition sarasa was showing her versions of tybalt to (laughs) i yeah and that was really funny guys it was she's like that was smart Tibble, like with glasses on <laughs> right smart Tibble, and like all the different it was hilarious yeah honestly really looking forward to seeing her audition assuming they show it in the next episode i'm really curious to see what her unique adaptation of Tibble is going to be yeah i want to see how it is because she was finally able to connect with Tibble's feelings of jealousy mm-hmm. because of the fact that she was jealous of akia and i was just like yes please you're jealous of him you don't want to be in a relationship with him <laughs> yes <gay>. it's over <laughs> it's over because you were mad at him when you were six <laughs> or eight i don't remember <laughs> it's been over girl you don't know the tea but we know the tea he ruined you on purpose <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my god. Also, possibly the biggest floats your boat. Ai's memories of Sarsa made her a beautiful Juliet in the audition, and the gay is through the roof. I have a quote that she was saying. She was like, The moment we met under the fluttering petals of the cherry tree is one I'll never forget. It will guide me like a beacon in the dark until someday we cross the silver bridge. I mean... Come on. And get to the end of the aisle with the preacher. Get married. Yes. Like, let's just go. <laughs> like, I was I was so here for it. I put it all canceled. Like, oh my gosh, I realizes that she loves Sarsa. But it was a fake out, y'all. So that I would say if I had to have um ice cream, you scream for this episode. It was the fact that it's like she's saying all this poetic stuff, and I'm just like, Yes, you love her. Say it, say it. And then she's like, even though I haven't experienced love and i'm like jesus <laughs> oh see i thought that she was like i don't know what love is i don't know what it feels like and then she starts to think about sarsa and she gets this rush of memories and emotions and suddenly she's channeling that and that is what she is now interpreting love to feel like so she's weeping as she's reciting juliet's lines and i think this is her falling in love with sarsa i, I really think it's what it is that's what i'm telling myself right Right, but the thing about it is like, so she's experiencing all of that. And then at the end of it, I feel like there was a repetition of like, yeah, I don't know what love is. Even though she like, just when she was crying, she was doing all this lovely Julia stuff. That's why I was mad because I was just like, oh, it's a fake out. Oh, I might have to go back and and rewatch that to see if that's the case because I don't remember. Right. Guys, check me if I'm inaccurate, okay? Because like, I might be inaccurate, but the way I saw it was at first it looked as if she was admitting like, oh, that all of these feelings of love, adoration, this poetry for Sarsa's coming out and she's using that to conjure how Juliet would feel only to then at the end of it, just be like, yeah, I still don't know what love is. And <laughs> like, maybe I imagined that. If I imagined that, I would be happy because I want her to acknowledge her feelings for Sarsa. Yeah, and I could also just be misremembering and have been just so wrapped up in the potential gay of it all that I missed it. So I'm going to check that maybe after we record or tomorrow. Yeah. Do you have any more floats your boat? No, nope. I have one banana split and I, th- that's actually it. <laughs> Me too. I have one banana split. There's nothing to scream about this episode except for like the joy of the gay of it all. <laughs> yeah. That might be what the title is of this episode, the gay of it all. The gay of it all. <laughs> Perfect. That's <laughs> <laughs> What's your banana split? So, as much as I don't really like Hijiri, I can understand her feelings about the first class doing some sort of showcase when it's their graduation. Yeah, actually, I was thinking the same thing. Because if I was a second year, I'd be kind of pissed if I worked so hard at a school like Coca that's so exclusive to have part of my class's stage time outshined by the first years who are supposed to be waiting their turn. Yeah. Like, that's what I was thinking because I was just like, okay, well, when you're graduating, it's just supposed to be about you, you know? Yeah. In your class. And so, as much as I don't like Hijiri, I fully understood it because this showcase... I don't know if they could have just done like some preliminary event, right? Where it's like, oh, we're so glad you're here to watch the graduation. Here's this like showcase of Romeo and Juliet. Okay, now on to the actual graduation. So it's still like 
focuses on the second class. I would have preferred that. But during their actual graduation, supposedly, because I didn't realize they only do that for two years, y'all. But during the actual graduation, it's like all that hard work, the classes, everything culminating to that moment. It just made me sad that, you know, like they should have all of the attention focused on them. Yeah, I also didn't realize that it was just a two-year program. I thought it was at least three. Same. But I totally agree. Honestly, it's not fair. Yeah, it's not fair at all. Yeah. So my banana split is that while I love that I gave Sarasa acting tips about mining the script for an idea of Tybalt's day or deciding what the character's thinking as he's dying, but I can't help but wonder, like, wouldn't they have learned that very early on in acting class? Like, I know that was one of the earliest things I learned in acting was to mine the script for details about your character that aren't explicitly in it to help you get into character more. Like, it had to be something they've talked about. Yeah, like, I mean, if they're learning the basics from Ando-sensei, I mean, I know he eventually said that you have to, he did tell her she can't imitate Say's version of Tybalt, she has to create her own version, but I I wish that they would have emphasized it. I don't know, like, because I've done plays before, and I feel like that's just something people tell you in the very beginning, but I don't know. Yeah, it just seemed like an oversight, but I'm not, like, mad about it. It's, this isn't, like, made-sama writer's anger. I just think that it was something to move the plot forward, and I'm okay to ignore it. But it's unrealistic. But I think that's it. Next week is our Kagaki Shoujo finale, where we're going to be recapping episodes 12 and 13 for you, and I'm very excited to see where this goes. If you would like to keep up with us during the week, you can follow us across social media at Shoujo Sunday, and that's across all platforms at Shoujo Sunday. Me personally, I'm Gianna Luna, and you can find me across socials at Gianna underscore Luna underscore, and that's Gianna with one N. How about you, Chica? You guys can follow me at Chica Supreme. That is Chica with a K, not two C's, guys. Do not forget to give us a follow wherever you're listening to this podcast, and if If you're liking what you're hearing, leave us a little five-star review. It really, really helps get us out there and bring more shoujo fans to our little community. Yeah, if you're going to leave the review, you know, because we say this every episode, but you can leave a review on whatever your preferred podcast platform is. And then for like extra credit, you could also leave a review on another platform. So like if you're a Spotify girl, guy, whatever. Person. Person. If you're a Spotify person, you can leave your five-star review on Spotify and then decide to go on Apple Podcasts and leave another five-star review on there. Yes, thank you so, so much. So I think with that, we will see you next week for the Kagaki Shoujo finale. We will see you then. Bye! Bye.